0: Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show.
1: I would love to tell you I was surprised by any of that, but I'm not. Did we not know that that was exactly the kind of game we were going to get? Like the most predictable thing ever. Like I always say, after any alleged, alleged big cowboy win in the big Mike McCarthy era, the win had nothing to do with big Mike McCarthy. Once again, last night, the Cowboys won in spite of the big fella. And they won in spite of their 11 penalties. And they won in spite of their brutal punt muff in the fourth quarter. Muff. Muff? Muff. What what up, Elk? Yo, Elk. Muff. Muff? They won even though they didn't play all that well. And if you don't believe me on that, just ask a Cowboy fan. It's tough to say how exactly the Cowboys walked out of SoFi with a win last night other than the fact that they were playing the Chargers. And I hate to be that guy because you all know this is a Chargers house. But it's it's not like I can sit here and act like that's a team full of closers or a team that knows how to finish. In fact, they're just the opposite. The numbers say as much. Much as it pains me to say it. Right. Much as it pains me to say it. The Bolts are a team that generally finds ways to lose games and not win them. They're 2-3. and All three of their losses have been by three points or less. Despite the fact that Justin Herbert lives right down the street from me. Obvious name drop. Despite the fact that he lives right down the street from me, no wonder I never get any invites to his famous victory barbecues. It's because despite their talent and their pedigree and their roster, they consistently find ways to lose games, not win them. Two and three. Hell, this team could be five and one or better. They could be undefeated. Why the hell does this keep happening This is not a young team that's learning how to win. This is a veteran team that keeps finding ways to lose. This is why I said yesterday during our Big Head Bet segment why I was having so much trouble with that game. Because I did not trust either one of those teams. I don't trust the Bolts for obvious reasons and no Cowboy fan. Despite you grinding out a win on the road, I don't trust your team either. After I saw what your your team did last night, I don't trust you any more than I already didn't trust you before that game. Cowboy fan, you're good, but you're not great. You're not elite. You're not Super Bowl material. We saw that when the Niners broke your jaw. Now, to be fair, Dak Prescott does deserve some credit. Notice I'm saying some credit. He probably played his best game of the season, which isn't saying a hell of a lot because he hasn't played that well this year. But I will say this, Dak Prescott was not whack Prescott last night. That's whack. But then again, that's Dak. That's whack. But then again, he did it against the Bolts, and nobody's confusing the Bolts defense with the Niners defense. But no, Dak Prescott was not whack Prescott. But Big Mike sure as hell was Big Mike. In fact, Big Mike might have had one of his all time McCarthyist moments going into halftime. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Even the refs were like, the hell is this dude thinking? Even the refs were like, the hell is this big fella's problem? Because the refs. Even the refs stopped the clock with eight seconds left in the half, the clock. knowing that Mike would obviously use one of his two remaining timeouts Call timeout, Mike. in order to stop the clock to take a shot at the end zone, because that would be common sense, because that would be the obvious move, because that would be the move that any logical coach with any understanding of clock management would make in that situation. Except Mike is none of those things. Mike is not a logical coach. Mike does not have your standard understanding of clock management. In fact, Mike does not. May I call you Mike, big fella? Mike does not have any understanding of clock management. Never has. Well, we all know that because we've been watching him butcher the hell out of clock management for years and years now. But apparently the refs did not recognize who they were dealing with last night. They actually stopped the clock for him. And then the broadcast cameras caught Mike asking, Why did you stop the clock? Why did you stop the clock? Run it down to three. You know who the hell I am? You know who the hell I am. I'm big Mike McCarthy. You know what the hell I do? I butcher clock management. Man, this dude had no interest in stopping the clock and taking another shot at the end zone. What Mike really wanted to do was take that final timeout with him into halftime, as if it would carry over to the second half or something. That was his real goal. The field goal was just the extra. The points were just the cherry on the top. Here's how, and of course, nobody could wait to ask him. Everybody was eager to ask him. Michael, Michael. The hell were you doing and thinking at the end of that half in not stopping the clock and taking a shot at the end zone? And here's Mike taking a rare and infrequent trip to the salad bar.
2: Threshold for us is seven seconds. It's you know something as you know as far as determining which way we're going in, in that situation based on yard line down a distance and that. Um, so I, I definitely, you know, I think we're right at eight. It's a seven eight somewhere in there and and um you know we just decided to play it play it safe instead you know the other call would have been ozone we, you know you throw the ball into the end zone and and, get, and give us a shot there so I just felt the way the game was going I think we had a holding penalty earlier in the series you know so I just wanted to make sure we got the points getting out of there
1: yo brother let me make an analogy that brother. even you can understand Mike. maybe you throw some gigantic croutons on top of that word salad you like bread right? Hey, dude, thanks for clarifying absolutely nothing. And I love, did you see the way he tagged that? And yet, I mean, it's just like gibberish. And and yes, the other call would have been, quote, throw the ball into the end zone, end of quote. Like he's kind of hung that on as a qualifier at the very end of that. Right, dude. The other call, you mean the only call? The call that every other coach in the history of the world would have made.
2: The other call would have been Ozone. Where you, you right. Know, you throw the ball into the end zone.
1: Right. Yeah, but I'm glad to know that all that word salad went into your decision to, quote, play it safe and kick the field goal and take that precious time out that, again, you were not allowed to take with you into the second half into the locker room where it was totally worthless. You know what else I'm pretty well convinced of? I'm convinced that whack, That's whack, and the offense really appreciate the confidence you showed in them by spinning the clock down and settling for the field goal and not letting him take a shot at the end zone. And by confidence, I mean the confidence that you did not show in him. Man, how lucky is this dude that that did not come back to bite him in the ass? I mean, just because they didn't lose... Doesn't mean that that doesn't matter. It does. It just goes to remind everybody that in the event that these guys actually do play in a game that matters against a team that matters late in the season, McCarthy will butcher the clock and do something to get them beat. It's who he is. It's what he does. It's where he lives full freaking stop. He got away with it, but it doesn't mean it's all right. Just because they won. Like, that's one of those things where you can't say to me, hey, Rome, scoreboard. Scoreboard. You can't. Not in that case. That's the one time in life when scoreboard does not apply. Because it will come back and bite them in the ass. It always does. And the craziest thing about this, you know, it's even crazier than all that. The fact that Big Mike still managed to outcoach Brandon Staley last night. That's incredible. And listen, I'm not looking to pile on Brandon Staley. I'm one of the only guys left that will try and defend him. I like him. I've always liked the dude. But everybody else is looking to pile on this guy. He might be, for a good guy, look, I'm not saying he's Vince Lombardi. But for a good guy, he might be the single most hated figure on the X right now, which is really saying something because the X is the place where everybody hates everybody and everything. But seemingly, nobody hates anything or anybody more than everybody on that app hates Brandon Staley. At least that's the way it felt. And the way it felt was completely unhinged and overboard. I mean, a lot of you are really unhinged. Hey there, let me talk to you for a minute about HelloFresh. HelloFresh is where you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your front door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Listen, a crazy schedule can make it easy to fall back into your dinnertime recipe rut. Keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every single week so there is always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. And with so many in-season ingredients, you'll taste all the freshness of fall in every single bite of HelloFresh's chef-crafted recipes. Produce travels from the farm to your door for peak ripeness that you can taste. Given my schedule, I absolutely love HelloFresh. I love how fresh it is, I love the options it gives me, and I know that I'm eating well, and it tastes incredible. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome and use the code 50Rome for 50% off plus free shipping. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. Use that code 50Rome and get 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh is awesome. In fact, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. However, the last thing I want to hear. Okay, that said, the last thing I want to hear from Brandon Staley after that game and another close loss is how high level it was last night and how great that was for ball and how great that was for the league and how great both those teams are. I mean, my guy, miss me with all of that because nowhere anyone, nowhere anywhere is anybody buying any of that. I think our offense gave us a chance. This was just a really tough game. I mean, It was 20-17 to between two really good teams. And when you have two teams like this that have that much talent on the field, um, it's going to be really close. I mean, my dude, who are you trying to convince with that? Us or you? Because none of us are buying that. A really tough game between two really good teams? If by that you mean a really ugly game, between two teams who both look like they didn't really want to win, then yes, I would agree. Then we had a really tough game with two really good teams. Two really good teams. I mean, come on. Now, if you mean a garbage game that somebody won only because somebody had to win, then yes, I would agree with that. Nobody looked like they wanted to win that game, but somebody had to. And that somebody was the Cowboys. And I'm just so devastated On behalf of Chargers girl, Chargers girl deserves so much better than Chargers players or Chargers team or Chargers coach or Chargers owner. I mean, seriously, did any of them want to win more than she wanted them to win? How devastating was it to watch her devastation at the end of that game? That's my biggest takeaway from last night. The only person in that house elite at what they were doing was the woman absolutely cheering her face off for the Bolts. I mean, she was so much more electric and so much more captivating than the game itself. She essentially wound up taking over the broadcast. By the end of that game, she was reaching T-Swift levels of TV coverage. I half expected Dak or Justin Herbert or somebody to try and date her to all of a sudden get the networks to go crazy. I mean, she even got multiple shout-outs from Joe and Troy. I mean, just pure ecstasy. for this Chargers fan. As the Chargers have tied it at 17. If there's a definition of pure ecstasy, that's it. If there is a definition of pure ecstasy... That's it. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Nobody in that stadium was having as good a time as she was. Until, of course, that game went south. And then nobody was having a more miserable time. That's why this story went from hilarious to tragic. That poor woman deserves so much better than the Bolts. And you know, frankly, she deserves so much better than your conspiracy theories and all the gossip and innuendo on the X. Seriously, leave this woman alone. You're lucky she, even performs, You're for lucky you she even performs for Leave you bastards. Leave Charger woman alone.
2: Leave Brennan
1: alone. <coughs> Don't come in here with theories about how she wasn't just the definition of pure ecstasy. She was the definition of high on pure ecstasy. That it wasn't the bolts that had her brain, but rather the molly. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not fair. We have absolutely no evidence that she was high or drunk or mollified. She just loves, I made that up. She just loves the Chargers. The definition of pure ecstasy, (laughs) that's it. Nor do I want to hear that she was an NFL plant like T-Swift and T-Kelsey, allegedly. Come on, man. I know it's Los Angeles, but that doesn't mean that the league went out and found some actress and then paid that actress to be the biggest Charger honk on the planet. Even for the NFL, that's absurd. Nor do I buy that she was only that emotionally involved in that game because she had an enormous bet on that game. I mean, maybe she did hit a few bucks on the bolts. Maybe she caught Big Head Bench yesterday and she loved my Charger pick and then said, you know what? I'm riding with Van Smack. Maybe, but we don't know that either. And speculation is just irresponsible. Listen, I don't think she was high or drunk or had a massive life-changing amount of money on that game, nor do I think she was a plant or a paid actor, nor is everything a conspiracy, people. And contrary to what you might have heard, Charger fans do actually exist. She was obviously just Showing us her lightning bolt. Probably just an old-school Bolts fan from Escondido or Coronado. Maybe she made the drive from Carlsbad or Cardiff or Poway or Oceanside or Chula Vista or OB or PB or Tijuana. She probably listened to Rome when it was a four-hour show. And he was running the world and running San Diego and running the station. Get off her ass. Listen, pure... Seriously, leave her alone. Pure ecstasy Charger fan probably has a better chance of getting invited to the next barbecue. Because it's not looking too good next week against the Chiefs, even though they don't look like the way they used to look. And maybe a decent probably before Halloween after they play the Bears. And one more thing. One more thing. Sidebar. Is it me or there have been a lot of pregame fights? And I don't mean in the stands either, like we normally see. I mean pregame fights on the field. The Niners and Browns got into one Sunday. And I'm all for getting hype before the games. But it looked like Austin Eckler took his biggest shot before the coin toss. Linging around the stadium tonight. Before the game, these two teams already got into it with Dante Fowler
0: and Austin Eckler as the two teams were crisscrossing during pregame. Dante Fowler with the right
1: hand to the face of Austin Eckler. So they're all... I mean, maybe. Right, I, right in his face. I know that guys do what guys do, and they bump each other, then they look at each other. Or they take a certain angle on each other. Or maybe they walk across the logo. I don't know. Maybe we keep the star players who've been out for a couple of weeks away from these pregame crisscrosses. And isn't SoFi the size of like freaking Alaska? Can we not mix in some separate lanes or pathways? Nobody wants to see that blue tent erected before kickoff. Seems like this is becoming more and more of a thing. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Ryan, it is great to have you back on the show. How you doing, dude?
2: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me.
1: It's always good to have you. So, always good to check in. You and I spoke a number of months back, but it's good to have you back on. For those who do not know, in addition to being an entrepreneur, what else is keeping you busy these days?
2: Man, it's a, it's, there's a few things that that's keeping me busy. You know, I uh, I do a bit of public speaking. I have Don't Call it Comeback" podcast, which I really enjoy. Um, I actually just came out with a, new CBD strand and, you know, help deal with pain management and, 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 uh, and, uh, so that helps out a lot. Uh, but I, yeah, I've been, I've been a bit busy.
1: Ryan Shays here joining us. You've been really busy. I lo- I love that you have the podcast and that you pointed out that you like doing it so much. Talk to me for a minute about that podcast. What do you like about the podcast? Most of all, what are you getting out of doing that podcast?
2: The one thing I like about the podcast is the fact that I can really speak on my opinion on things. So, if I see somebody playing well or playing bad, we can kind of speak on it, uh, just like you do. But when it comes to my podcast, we talk about comeback stories, so it's it just always amazing to hear the comeback stories through sports. Uh, they don't all have to be football; they can be any other any sport. So we we had Gabe, uh, Gabby Thomas and you know Michaela Sheffren on it, and and you know, and we're gonna have more athletes. But it just it's a really cool to be able to hear the perspective from other people, what they've been through, and and how they overcame.
1: I love that. Ryan Shays here is joining us. I'm going to talk to you about that in a minute, because there's so much inspiration in that. I mean, there's so many people that get so much inspiration from you. It's very clear that you're also getting inspiration from others. Ryan, the first part of that, though, was you like doing the podcast because you like calling it the way you see it. You have your own opinions. Listen, Steeler fans got here today before you got here, and they want your opinion. They want to know what you think about the guy that everybody has an opinion on, and I'm talking about Matt Canada. Do you think that Mike Tomlin is loyal to a fault when it comes to Canada, and is it holding back that Steeler offense?
2: Yeah, I definitely think Coach Tomlin, just in his nature, he's a very loyal person. But I also feel the Steelers, just the way their franchise has been ran, they're not really in the business of firing people before the season is over. So I, I, I think that's a combination of it. Uh, it's hey, you know, we we decided to rock with this guy at the beginning of the season. So if we said we're gonna give give with you at the beginning of the season, we're going to kind of rock with you all the way through the season. So and to me, we see the improvements towards the end of the year. Last year, obviously, we we wish that we seen those at the beginning of the year this year but it's really hard for people that want somebody to be fired when your team is three and two you know so it's it's very i know the defense has been playing really well but when you're winning it's a lot harder to fire somebody compared to when you're losing and then the last part is who is the alternative you know we it's very easy to say hey let's fire this guy but if you don't have a plan in place if you, you're never going to be successful in business if you don't have a plan in place I have to let it go to the next the,
1: the next guy. Hey Ryan, I don't think the fans are that rational, man. They just want somebody's head, right? They're <laughs> yeah, just, com- right they're just coming for somebody, dude. You know this. Ryan Shazier is joining us. I really appreciate that perspective. You know, to your point, there's a Steeler way. Like they're not looking to fire people mid-season, and the, in terms of the Steeler way, they're not looking to change out the head coach very often. Then again, when you've had the likes. Ryan of Chuck Noll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin. You don't need to change coaches very often. Let me get your thoughts on Tomlin. This guy is kind of like a force of nature, right? Saying that he's a player's coach does not begin to do him justice. What makes Tomlin so good and so different?
2: I think he just understands the, the personnel that he has, every, every team he has. A lot of coaches, they want the players to play how they want them to play. They have a whole scheme, and they want the guys – to fit around their scheme, I feel Coach Thomas does a good job of bringing in guys that fits his scheme, but then also noticing, hey, this this is not the strength of this guy. Let me let me do this. Let me do that, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And then he also understands how to coach guys differently. Some guys, you know, they can be coached a little bit harder. Some guys need, you know, some guys need to be uh put it put it pull it into a room one on one, and he understands those guys and but he also understands when it's important to you know you know talk about Ryan or talk about one of your best players in front of the team just to let everybody know like nobody is safe we We all need to be held accountable, so I think he has, he does a really good job of understanding the team that he has and understanding how to lead them. you know a lot of people try to lead people. In a military style, it's like, hey, my way or the highway. But especially with nowadays, that's not how people perform well, and I think he's done a, a really good job of that. Ryan that's Shazier
1: is joining us. You know, Ryan, your story is incredible, of course. Your determination and tenacity in coming back from that injury that left you paralyzed in 2017 and regaining the ability to walk has inspired so many people. When you look back on that time, you know, the tough times, the dark times, how much of, of it – was about mindset. How important was the power of mindset in helping you get through?
2: I thought it was. I thought it was very important because to me, I, I've, I've had a very strong mindset, a very positive outlook on life ever since I was a kid, and I don't think I would have been able to get to where I'm at in life when it comes to football, to being able to overcome if I didn't have that per, that perspective. And I think that's that's why I was able to overcome the way I did because no matter what anybody told me, I, I believed in myself and I believed in what God had promised me uh, about getting, you know, about believing in him. And, and that allowed me to be able to overcome it. I, uh, And I, and I try to let everybody else know, you just have to have a pro- positive perspective. You have to continue to believe in yourself. And the last and most important thing is you have to, you know, put the work in. You can't, you can't hope everything's going to be all right, but don't do the work there to help you get better.
1: Yeah, it's such a great point, right? It's not just a matter of having those positive affirmations. They're critical. However, you can't just keep telling yourself, everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's going to work out without doing the work. You know, even on top of that, though, you've always been so positive and so optimistic and always had this great energy, this positive energy. But what's interesting to me is you recently told your former teammate, Ben Roethlisberger, on his podcast, that you actually started speaking with a therapist. And you said, among other things, there were some, quote, internal monsters that you were dealing with, that kept you from reaching your full potential. Ryan, I bring this up because I think actually everybody has internal monsters keeping them from reaching their potential. What were yours? What were you dealing with? What are you dealing with?
2: You know, uh, to me, it would be a little bit of self-doubt, you know, a little bit of depression, a little bit of just sadness. You know, being able, being able to go to a football game whenever you want to. And like, even last night, I was at the Dallas Cowboys versus – um, Chargers game. Whenever I walk into a football stadium, you get I get a little sad. I I, I get into, I I get excitement because I love football so much, but also get a bit of sadness because man, I, I I wish I was still out there. So it was a combination of being a little bit depressed, being sad, and then the last thing is for me what a demon was is or a monster was when you're when you're playing football or you've been doing something for so long. You know what to go to to help you overcome. You know what to go to when you're struggling in a third issue and be like, hey, let me try this out, let me try that out. When you transition to a whole new area in life, those are some of the things that you're not prepared for. Those are some of the things that you don't know yet. And I was a little bit scared because it was more of the unknown. And that was a kind of a monster for
1: me. My man, I, I admire you so much for that response. I respect that so much. I know there are people listening right now that are thinking, man, even if, if that guy is dealing with that type of thing and he has concerns and he has doubts and he has some fears, maybe I'm all right. Maybe Maybe it's okay not to be okay, right? Like we're all dealing with it, but we're not all comfortable talking about it. And probably even you had to work through that, right? Like you just, you don't talk about those things, but it's okay not to be okay.
2: Yeah, it's definitely okay not to be okay. And I remember when I used to play football, Coach Meyer used to say, uh, the one thing about being young or one thing about transition is you don't know what you don't know, you know. And and I think a lot of people fail to realize that is you try to be so strong and try to appear that everything's okay, but sometimes you just don't know what's going on. Sometimes you just don't know how to overcome this situation. But the one thing you do know how to do is is work hard, and the one thing you know how to do is continue to push forward. And if you do the best you can at both of those things, traditionally, good things happen.
1: We're talking to Ryan Shays here for a couple more moments. You mentioned Coach Myers, so let me ask you, as a proud Ohio State alum, Buckeyes have a huge one coming up. you got a matchup of a couple of top ten teams this weekend. Penn State's coming to the shoes Saturday. How do you think that matchup plays out?
2: Man, I'm really excited about it because what I've been seeing from this Ohio State team is really, uh, really exciting for me. You know, our running backs have been getting hurt, but we have key guys step up at the running back position and and filling the role in well. Uh, Kyle, he's somebody that, you know, he's been up and down, started slow, but he he finishes every game strong, and you don't win games in the first quarter, you win them in the fourth. You know, so to me, I'm really excited about how this team is looking. One thing that a lot of people aren't talking about but that is really doing a great job is, our defense is playing at a really high level right now and i and i really love to see that so i think it's going to be a great game this week i, I you know it's a it's a rivalry game penn state versus ohio state I, I think we're going to win by, you know, seven. Uh, we win by three or we win by one. I'm just happy if we get to win. I, you
1: know I was going to say, I love that game. I can't wait for that game. That's a really, really fun matchup. Listen, before you go, you mentioned it off the very top. I know you are involved in the CBD, CBD business. What can you tell me about your new CBD product line that was announced last week?
2: Yeah, so one thing I really love about the new CBD product line is it's registered by the FDA. So uh, there's not a lot of CBD strands that are registered by the FDA. So that's one thing to let you know that it's, 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 uh, it's safe to use. But then also, I just know when I was dealing with my pain, dealing with my uh, everything that I was going through, uh, that I, I leaned on the, the, can- the cannabis a, a decent amount. And CBD was definitely one strand of cannabis that I leaned on. And when it helped with back pain, it, it helped me out a lot. When it helped with, you know, just any type of, uh, pain that I was dealing with, it would help me kind of get in some rest because I'm already one of those guys that when it's, it's really hard for me to go to sleep. So it, it was, it, it helped me in a few different areas. But the one thing I, I definitely can say is, you know, my wife she gets migraines and sometimes she she rubs the the topical on her head and and uh, that that helps her out. And then when I have back pain and, and muscle pains, uh, it helps me out a lot with that as well. So it's a it's a great product. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad to be able to, to introduce it, and it helped me out a lot. So I, I want to be able to help others
1: as well. Brian, one, one quick thought. When you mentioned that you really had a tough time going to sleep, I think a lot of people listening or watching have a tough time going to sleep. Is it because you had pain, or is it because you had racing thoughts in your mind?
2: Uh, it's, it's Honestly, to me, it's more a racing thoughts in my mind. Because uh, I, I, <laughs> I had trouble going to sleep before I got hurt, you know, so – is I, I think it's more racing thoughts in my mind when I was playing. You know, I, I just thought about the game all the time. I just thought about uh, everything that's going on in my life. You know, I, I enjoy playing video games too. So sometimes, you know, you get stuck on those things. So it's just a combination of things. But I know when if I take if I take my CBD at a, a decent time at night, it, it helps me go to sleep at a, a a lot a lot smoother. It helps me calm down and it, it allows me to to be more focused on going to sleep instead of being focused on everything else
1: that's the reason i ask i think a lot of people listening or watching right now can relate to that ryan shazier four years with the steelers he was a two-time pro bowler he's got a great great podcast the don't call it a comeback podcast my guy always good to run you down next time you're in southern california let's do it in person but it's always good to have you on ryan thanks so much
2: no thank you so much jim i really enjoy being on and it's always it's always a pleasure talking
1: U.S. Cellular knows how important your kid's relationship with technology is and they have made it their mission to help them establish good digital habits early on. That's why they have partnered with Screen Sanity, a nonprofit dedicated to helping kids navigate the digital landscape. And for a smarter start to the school year, U.S. Cellular is also offering a free basic phone on new eligible lines, providing an alternative to a smartphone for kids. Start Smarter With U.S. Cellular. Visit uscellular.com slash built for us to find out more. Restrictions to apply. Visit uscellular.com for terms. All right, so why don't we talk baseball? Let me change up on you right now. No, the MLB postseason has not been all that riveting. There's barely even been any buzz around it at all. Except for once, I can't blame everything on Rob Manfrod. In fact, I really can't blame Major League Baseball for this. It's not their fault that their postseason has been a dud. But I can't assess blame. I do know who to blame it on. It's the Rangers' fault. It's the Phillies' fault. Because these two teams are making a total joke and mockery out of the rest of the league right now. Typically, you have to be hot to win this time of year. But both these teams are beyond hot. These two teams are like the surface of the sun right now. Texas still has not lost in the postseason. They're 7 and 0. Not only are they 7 and 0, they're 7 and 0 and they've won 6 of the 7 games on the road. They're 7-0 in the postseason, and they're 6-0 on the road, and they just took a 2-0 ALCS lead by rolling into the house of the defending champs and ripping their home field right out from underneath them. Once again, they never even trailed in either of these games. Texas still was only trailed after one inning in the entire postseason. I mean, it's just absolute domination. They're winning every game. They're leading every game. So it's not going to be all that entertaining, right? Not that entertaining, but impressive as hell. That's it. as impressive as it is, I want to reiterate, it's not at all surprising because my dude, Bruce Bochy, is still managing that team. In other words, Bruce Bochy is still doing Bruce Bochy things, and that will never, ever surprise me. There's a damn good reason the Rangers pulled this guy out of retirement to manage this team. This is the reason. You're watching the reason. He's a legend, and his presence has turned the Rangers, the Rangers of all teams, into a damn juggernaut. And this is why the number on Hedgie's ass right now is down to six. Hedgie, what's the number on your ass
0: right now? We need help.
1: This coach is so awesome. Hey, Hedgie, what's the number on your ass right now? Hedgy,
0: what's the number on your ass
1: right we need now? More! Whose clubhouse is that? You can't tell me that guy, that's some old dude out of touch. They went wild. And for what? All he did was ask Hedgie what the number on his ass was. Hedgy, what's the number on
0: your ass right we need now?
1: Number being, how many more wins do we need to clinch? Now, if it wasn't for Boch and Hedgie's ass and the Rangers, <laughs> the Philadelphia Phillies would be by far the most impressive story of the postseason because they've been nearly as dominant. No, they're not 7-0 like the Rangers, but they are 6-1. and And they did just bounce the team with the best regular season record in four games. And they started the NLCS with two bombs in the first five pitches of this series. I don't care that it was Bryce Harper's birthday yesterday. Not at all. Not even a little. I'm just glad that Cindy did not bring in any more donuts to celebrate. Donuts. Cindy told me after the fact that she ate the donut that I left. Respect. Donuts. I don't care about his birthday because I don't care about my birthday. Even DJ's like, where do you want to go for your birthday on Friday night? I'm like, DJ, we already went out for my birthday. My birthday's over. We can start thinking about the next big birthday next year. She's like, no, no. We were at Parents Weekend. What do you want to do this Friday for your birthday? I'm like, I'm not one of those people who's going to play the Jim Tober game where the entire month is my birthday. I'm not like that. The year of Vance Mack. Anyway, what I do care about as it relates to Bryce is he's playing some of the best ball of his Hall of Fame career at an unbelievably critical time. But it's also far from only him being hot. Like the entire roster is on one right now. The entire Phillies roster is on one. Hell, the entire city of Philadelphia is on one right now. It's not like Philly fan isn't always over-the-top passionate. But these Philly fans are over-the-top passionate, even for over-the-top passionate Philly fans. Like, they've gone next level. I can't even believe they found another gear. But they have found another gear. I'm sure Philly City official is already freaking out about what these people are going to do if this team actually seals the deal and wins it all. We've already seen what they're capable of. Smashing horse crap sandwiches. Tomahawking gray goose bottles off of their fellow Philly fans' domes. Scaling Chris light poles. We've seen their act. I mean, never mind Criscoing the light poles. They're going to have to Crisco the entire damn city. I don't think there's enough Crisco to cover the amount of Crisco that they're going to need to cover all of Philadelphia with. Hey, man, we can't have fans climbing the light poles. That's dangerous. You imagine, never mind that. They're going to have to drop vats of Crisco on the entire city. Skyscrapers, buildings, cabs, horses, the populace, streets, snowplows. However, despite the two CS games last night, nothing that happened on the field was even remotely as close to entertaining as entertaining as the retirement announcement of one A's pitcher. Trevor May. That might sound crazy to you. This is what I just said. Nothing that happened on the field last night was even close to as compelling as the retirement of an A's pitcher, Trevor May. It may sound crazy, but if you think that sounds crazy, you didn't see the retirement. And I know you didn't hear the retirement. My dude did not just retire from the A's. He also decided to vaporize and drop a nuke on the A's on the way out. Or really, not even the A's. He had nothing but love for the A's. He dropped that nuke right on the head of A's owner, John Fisher. Listen to this. And uh, I just want to know I want,
0: now that it's official to, to the A's organization and every single person part of it, I love all of you. Every single one of you, except for. One guy. We all know who that guy is. Sell the team, dude. I tried to get a sell shirt, it didn't get here fast enough. Sell it, man. Let someone who actually like takes pride in the things they own own something. There's actually people who give a shot about the game. Let them do it. Take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else, dork. And also, if you're gonna be if you're gonna just be a greedy greedy f own it. There's nothing weaker than being afraid of cameras. So that's one thing I really struggled with this year was not just eviscerating that guy. Do what you're gonna do, bro. You're you're whatever, you're a billionaire, they exist. You guys have all this power. You shouldn't have any because you haven't earned any of it. But anyway, whatever. It is what it is. Reality is you got you got handed everything you have, and now you're too soft to sit and stand in front or, or take any responsibility for anything you're doing. Yeah, whatever, Oakland is Oakland. Uh, you can make all the cases, uh, oh, it's not a great city, But blah, 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 But you're putting hundreds, if not thousands of people out of work, That have worked somewhere for decades and you haven't acknowledged that at all so just be better that's all we're asking just be a human
1: being yo bro legend absolute bleeping legend i mean there aren't enough hours in the day for me to break down how incredible that is i love the part where he said you know what i really struggled with i struggled with not eviscerating this guy this year Yeah, well, bro, you had no trouble eviscerating him last night. I mean, holy crap. That was amazing. I I would say somebody pull Trevor May off of John Fisher, except I don't want anybody to do that at all because that was freaking incredible. Take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else, you dork. Take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else. Dork. Dork. You know what that guy just did? He just did what I always talk about. That I'm going to wait until the last week of my career and then get on the air and just let it rip and say everything I want. He just retired. So all that had been building up, and he had been saving it up and carrying it around with him and just, bam, just unloaded the whole thing. Take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else, dork. Take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else, dork. What an incredible dork blast. That dork blast is even better than when that bitter tool Vinny in Indy hit me with, you Vinny in Indy. It's good to have you, Vinny. What's up? Pleasure's mine. The NFC, that's who the Seahawks, the Niners, that's who they play for. They don't play in the AFC. Yet dweeb. What do you mean? The pleasure is mine, you dweeb. Never mind that he was wrong in what he was saying. You dweeb. You see, that dweeb didn't even get the joke. Dork. That that, that dweeb was like Vinny the dweeb, I mean. Oh, I can't wait to set this guy straight. Oh, Get the joke, dude. Figure out. Oh, 100% the Seahawks are in the NFC. Really, dweeb? Dork. Anyway, he didn't get it. Vinny didn't get it. Trevor May gets it. Trevor May understands exactly how jacked up that ownership situation is for the A's. So he took up for A's fan, and he set fire to A's owner. Greedy f- Greedy bleep. Dork. Hate to say it, but that soundbite is far and away the most entertaining thing that has come out of the MLB postseason so far. And it's really got nothing to do with the MLB postseason. Can't blame the Phillies and Rangers for being that dominant. It's not their fault they're that good, but certainly it's an entertaining in a way in their domination. Just not as entertaining is a career bullpen arm using his retirement while gaming as an opportunity to take a blowtorch to his old boss, that dork. Dork. Good luck trying to top that tonight. NLCS game two. Maybe my Philly fan can get to the park early and heckle the Diamondbacks starting pitcher Merrill Kelly while he's warming up. You know, give Kelly the Strider treatment. Hey Strider! You're gonna shave before Cancun! Hey Strider! Is your brother Luigi here? See he coming to the game! Hey Strider, you kiss your mother with those thighs! Strider, you're a baby, a bum, and a coward! Kelly 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 do you want to know something amazing about Kelly I didn't know this until this morning freaking Kelly is also a member of the 1014 club I found somebody else with my birthday I I can't even keep track of them all because my birthday fell on a weekend we didn't get into it right on air But when we do get into it on air, as memory serves, I share the same birthday with John Wooden, Dwight Eisenhower, Garrett Ripp, Stephen A. Smith, Thomas Dolby, Meryl Kelly. That guy, for sure. AMK, happy birthday, bro. Happy belated birthday, brah. Go to. Let's stay here in Cali. Buck in Cali. What's going on, Buck? How are you? What's up,
2: Tim? Thanks for the
1: bye, man. You got it.
2: Hey, I uh, I just called because I've been a Cowboys fan my whole life here, but I never thought I'd say this, but I'm actually wishing for that fat muffin top clapper, um, that we used to have Garrett instead of Big Husky over there. I mean, it's getting ridiculous with this guy's. He's awful. I don't care what our record is. He's got to go.
1: I feel you, Buck. I appreciate you. Number one, it was a great start. You got my name right. Way to get my name right. That's a Cowboy fan saying I'm a lifelong Cowboy fan, and I never thought that I would say this, but I found myself wishing for the return of Jason Garrett. Because big husky's gotta go. First stop, we go to New York. Mike in New York. Good to have you. Mike, what's up?
2: Hey, Tony. I have a I have a different uh, thing about That's not a
0: good call. No. Hey Tony? You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call.
1: Hey, Mark. Hey, Tony? Uh, I'm not gonna say. That that hasn't happened before. For some reason, every couple of years, somebody thinks I'm Tony Rome. Hey, Tony. So I don't know if Mike in New York just happened to be tripping by on the TV dial, saw this dazzling guy, Jim Rome, didn't really know him or the show, and thought, yeah, I think I'll call that Tony guy and set him straight. Hey, Tony? Good night!